guys are taking a seat, I wanted to talk about the uh, Christmas story and a couple of aspects of uh, our Christmas Eve night that like hit my heart and in school clubs, uh, uh, something that Mr. Hastings was preaching to the school clubs and that uh, we were, uh, me and Tanya, we were in Vancouver Church last weekend, so we got to be at uh, the Vancouver Church service and we got to hear uh, Pastor Kozlov uh, preach uh, uh, a message to his church and he was preaching on the three wise men and how crazy this story is and I just wanted to uh, refresh the story because it is the season and it is you know something we could look at uh, but the message that I titled today to preach is uh, how is your temple process run but uh, we'll get to that in a second I want to talk about these uh, three wise men and I want to talk about Mary uh, on uh, on uh, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, we watched a little video clip on Mary, and it's like the first time I connected with that song. Like I don't know, like uh, you know, "Be Born in Me" that song, and and uh, I think the video, like the video aspect, like hits you, and you're like, "Whoa, that's what it meant!" Like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" Like imagining myself in Mary's shoes, I finally you get to see the full picture. Imagine you're you're a teenager, right? And and uh, he, all of a sudden, God comes to you and says, I, I'm going to make you pregnant. And, <laughs> and, and you're like, okay, uh, that's nuts. But God is crazy like that. It doesn't make any logical sense. And so her one thing that she did is she said, okay. She said, let your will be done. She said, okay, be born in me, right? So... After that, you think, okay, if, it, you know, if God's in control and God's, this is God's will, something awesome is going to definitely happen, right? I mean, this is God's plan. This is his salvation, all this. And then all of a sudden, you see the video, and she's, like, being persecuted, and people are like, wow, man, wait, what? You guys got married, uh, you know, six months ago or two months ago, and the baby looks like it's four months. Like, what's going on, you know? And you see all this, uh, you know, or, or even, like, you know, all of a sudden she's like, wait, I just said yes, now I'm pregnant. What am I going to tell Joseph? What am I going to tell my fiancé? You know, like, hey, uh, God impregnated me, you know, yesterday. Like, uh, pretty cool, all right? You know, like, this story, it, it doesn't make any logical sense. It is this nuts. You know, and, 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 and we kind of just blow through it like, oh, yeah, it's the story of Christmas. Ah, la, 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 la. No, it's the story of Christmas. Like, it's crazy. Like, apologetics of it is nuts it's just crazy but that's just the story of god being in control in the whole story god's in control then you have these three wise men right i mean the the story of mary the victory she doesn't get to taste it until she actually gives birth to jesus right and then all of a sudden these the people from all over the world come to worship her child and she finally goes oh it was God, you know, like imagine the doubt and that she was carrying this baby. Imagine the doubt, the, the, the chaos of her life. Imagine her whole life just, just changed overnight. And she said yes to God's will, but, but the price that came with it, she didn't expect. She didn't calculate that out, but, but she had to pay that price. And, and when, she, when she gave birth to, to baby Jesus, right, all of a sudden these wise men come, the gifts come, the shepherds come, and they all fall at the feet of Christ, right? And Mary doesn't say, oh, yeah, this is, you know, the angel told me this is, this is the king, please bow to him. No, she didn't say anything. She just, they just came. They had a, a revelation at that moment. They, they, they saw the baby and they fell. Like, I mean, imagine these. Three kings, three wise men, right? I mean, first of all, they are from the east, right? Saudi Arabia. Like, who cares? Like, not God's plan, not God's purpose, right? But, but God sets a star for the whole world. 
right? It says nature is always preaching to us about God and, and who he is, right? And it's, I guess three guys were like paying attention. That's why they're called the wise guys. They're like, hey, what's going on? There's this new star. What's, hey, let's look it up. Let's research it, you know? And they, 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 they Googled it, you know? And boom, uh, uh, there's a king. A star is a king. Okay, you know, we're stargazers and we saw the star. Okay, let's, let's dude, hey, man, like, let's go on an adventure, dude. Uh, let's like leave our kingdom and take you know our provisions and let's go after this star because it's like moving you know let's do this like are you kidding me dude we have kingdoms to run like people need us here you know no dude this is more important this is a star in heaven it just got born dude there's like a, a king of kings going on type of thing like if we miss out on this dude we're gonna we're gonna we're going to lose it, you know, like, okay, let's do it, let's hop on our camels and travel, you know, thousands of miles following the star, right, they get to the king, and they tell, you know, and the king, like, freaks out, he's like, what do you mean there's a king born, right, you know, like, oh, yeah, uh, definitely, let's, let's, and, and they actually go to the Christians, or the people that knew of the king, they're supposed to know of the king, right, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, the king is born, that's great, cool, but they don't really care, I mean, the king only cares because he wants to kill the child. The Jews only care because it's part of their tradition. But the guys that are heathens, the guys that, that are like, dude, there's some crazy stuff going on in this world. We've got to figure this out. They're the ones that actually care to find the king. And when they find the king, they actually get the revelation. that man, this is the king of kings. He's born. And they fall, and they, and they bring everything they have at his feet. And, they, and they're like, this whole story, it makes no logical sense. It is the craziest story out there. But it is our story. It's what we believe. It's what we, we are standing on. It, as a Christian, that's what you are standing on. That's what you really believe happened 2,000 years ago. Isn't that crazy? I don't know, that, that was Christmas Eve for me. I was like, yes. Christmas is awesome. <laughs> but I want to talk about Ezekiel because uh, that's what was uh, in my heart. It says, uh, how is your temple process run? Ezekiel 44, 7 and 8. And I'm going to read New Kings James Version. It says, when you brought in foreigners uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh to be in my sanctuary, to defile it, my house. And when you offered my food, the fat and the blood, then they broke my covenant because of all your abominations. And you have not kept charge of my holy things, but you have set others to keep charge of my sanctuary for you. That was uh, in Ezekiel's time. That was the, 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 the time. What happened was... The temple, the whole, you guys love reading about the temple? It's awesome. All the measurements over and over for chapters and chapters. But Father was saying the important thing about the temple is in the very beginning, God is instructing Ezekiel, pay, pay close attention. Memorize these things. Like, like you have to have a clear vision of the temple. It's vital. It's important. Pay attention. Don't fall asleep. And then it goes into three chapters of temple measurements. And it's like, Right? You guys got all that? <laughs> okay. Because I can go into temple measurements if you want. It's going to be a while, but this would be a f- good test, yeah? I was watching the little kids uh, in the Christmas Eve service, right? And we, had, we were sitting in the front, so we had a row of kids, right? And I don't think they quite in, you know, anticipated, you know, usually they sit with their parents, but now they got a whole row to themselves. They didn't quite anticipate the, 
the suffering that they're going to kind of go through, you know. And so, like, after about midway through the thing, they're like, oh, my goodness, like, um, my attention span isn't this big. And they're starting to do, you know, I see David, you know, shooting rubber bands at girls. And, and the girls are playing stuff with, the, you know, reserved paper seats. And we're all like, shh, shh, hey, guys, hey, good, settle down. And, and I realized, like, when I was being raised, the children sat with the parents through the whole service. There's no Sunday school. They actually went to Kozlov's church. They don't have a Sunday school. They have Thursday school where the holy kids go to school, you know, like Sunday school. But during the Sunday service, the kids sit with the parents. And there's no babies crying. There's no, like, ah, and the people running around the church. No, like, like we watched uh, the youth pastor and his daughter was just sitting through the whole service, just sitting there, like, and I'm like, and I talked to pastor, and pastor's like, you know, it's, it's possible, definitely possible, but to change the mindset of, of the whole church is it's so many battles. It's so hard to do. You know, it's practically not worth it. <laughs> but, but watching these kids kind of go like, you know, okay, it's been an hour. This is way more than we expected, you know, so like, it's definitely green light to goof off, you know. It's like, no, it's not. It's like, keep focus, keep focus, keep focus, keep your focus, you know. Keep yourself in control. Don't get up. Don't run around, you know. And just see one kid go to the bathroom, and all the kids are like, ooh, we can go to the bathroom. And then, you know, and you see all the other kids follow this kid's example, and then you're like, no more bathroom. Sit down. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, back to this. It says, To keep charge of my sanctuary for you, you let foreigners, uncircumcised, those of the heart, keep charge of my sanctuary for you. And uh, this whole temple measurements, Ezekiel, uh, he, he tells Ezekiel this. He says, I want you to do this. I want you to tell the people about the temple and how holy the temple is. And if the people respond correctly, then reveal the temple measurements to them. Reveal how it's to be built. And he says this in... in uh, 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 for uh, no, I cut it out. Sorry, that was too much stuff for you. Anyways, there's a part in 43 where he says, he says, if they receive, if they understand, if they, if it says, if they hear about the temple measurements and repent, then reveal the grand scheme to them of the whole plan, right? And the crazy thing that uh, that I thought about is like, man, how are temple measurements? supposed to bring people into the awe and the fear of the holy God. You know, like, uh, what's so amazing about temple measurements? <laughs> why, are, why is this three chapters of temple measurements so important? Why is it so impacted? In, why is it so packaged? Why is this in the Bible? Why, 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 right? And, and, and then to, to this verse where it says... <sighs> Here it is. And if they are ashamed... Okay. Son of man. Ezekiel 43, 10 through 12. Son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. And if they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the temple and its arrangements, and exits and its entrances, its entire design and all its ordinances. All its forms and all its laws, write it down 
in their sight. He basically said, hey, if you can show somebody the truth and they bite it, then sit down with them and explain to them what holiness is. But if they ignore it, it's not for them. They missed a chance. He says, This is the law of the temple. The whole area surrounding the mountaintops is most holy. Behold, this is the law of the temple. And it says, later it says that a priest's purpose in his sole duty is to preach holiness. Is to get that across to humanity. Get that across to his peers. Get that across. Remember, we, we got the, the message last time. Was, uh, the, uh, the, the, the priest, the Z priests. Yes, thank you. Oh my goodness. The Zadoks, right? That's what they were rewarded for, right? Because they were preaching holiness. While the other priests were like, you know what? Let's let these foreigners come in. They can kind of do our job. We can kind of go on vacation, right? And the foreigners took over the temple and they brought in all these things that are just detestable to God, brought destruction to the temple, right? Now he's bringing them the temple again. He's bringing them the ordinances of what it is to be a Christian, what it is to be holy before God, what it is to, 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 to rebuild the temple. And we have this whole process of rebuilding the temple. And that's really what I want to talk about is this process of rebuilding the temple. It says, Seven days they shall make atonement for the altar and purify it, and so consecrate it. When these days are over, it shall be on the eighth day and thereafter that the priest shall offer you burnt offerings and your peace offerings on the altar, and I will accept you, says the Lord God. Ezekiel forty three twenty six and 27. He was telling them that for seven days, once they, built the, once they built the altar, once they built the temple, for the first seven days, all they're going to do is ask for forgiveness for sins. And after that, on the eighth day, they can ask for peace. They can ask for uh, uh, a Thanksgiving offering. And your peace offerings. And your burnt offerings. And all the other offerings. And then I will hear you. But for seven days, it's like a trial period. You know, you ever get those uh, trial periods for the you know, gym, seven days trial period or or whatever, you know, you're like, man, I got I to gotta use this thing up. You know, I gotta, I'm excited about this. Seven days for free? This is awesome, right? God has given a restoration period for people that have fallen away from God's design in their life. But for seven days, he says, I'm not going to listen to you. You're going to cry. You're going to weep. You're going to break. But after seven days, I'll hear you. And that's just one example in the Bible. Other example in my life, I mean, it was like three months before God like finally heard me. You know, like I'm like God, I'm like I'm here. Please hear me. But but He did. He heard me. But what this talks about is this fine-tuned relationship that that God has with humanity. There's there's it's not a game. It's not a, just a joke. It's not just a story. It's not just an idea. This is the real deal. We look at the disciples. Uh, Pastor Sergei said one thing that I remembered from the whole service. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, but he said this. He knows, he has a lot of friends who died for preaching Christ in Russia. He knows a lot of people personally who uh, were, were mortared to death. And he said this. Knowing them, if you're not ready to be martyred right now, 
you won't you won't be when the time when the when the challenge comes to your life if you're not preparing yourself right now when the when the when the time comes when you're going to be asked that question will you die for Christ you won't and it it's interesting because uh, that's exactly what we see in today's uh, chapter in, in Mark. We see the disciples saying, oh man, we'll die for you. We're with you. We're with you. And he's saying, no, you're not. You're, you're all going to betray me. And it's almost like, wait, wait, what is this, predestination? How does he know? Like, what? He knows why because he can see their hearts. He can see their hard work. He can see their characters. And he can see that they're not mature enough. They're not ready. He's telling them, man, <laughs> he's saying... Uh, Peter's like, man, all of them will betray you, but I won't. And he's like, Peter, man, I love you, but you're going to betray me. You, you want to see why? Let's go into the garden. And he says, keep watch for one hour. Just one hour. Keep watch with me. And they couldn't pray for an hour. Why? Because to pray for an hour, it takes a lot of discipline. It actually takes many attempts. It's not that easy. You can do it every once in a while, but to, to pray for an hour, like set the timer and actually pray for an hour, is it an easy thing, Dennis? No. It takes a lot of character. It says, it's, a, it's a lot of self-sacrifice. It's a, it's a clear vision that God wants that for you. To, to, to pray for an hour, you've you got to kind of uh, uh, shoot everything else else off in your life and go, you know what, I, I desperately need God. I need God, and, and I'm not going anywhere until, until God shows up in my life. That's what it means to pray for an hour. And so he says, okay, test is, you know, stay awake. And then he finds him asleep, and he goes, man, the flesh is more powerful than, 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 than you. See, and that's what I'm talking about. You're not ready. You're, that's what I told you about. But, you know, it's almost like God knows us. God knows our abilities. God knows our hearts. God can see right through us. God, God, God knows what we can endure and what we can't endure. But I believe that in the good times, if you're sowing, if you're reading your word, if you're praying, if you're seeking after God, then in the crazy times, you'll make it. You, 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 you'll see the reward. You'll see the benefit. You'll see the victory. Uh, we, uh, we lose we lose heart. We lose heart when we follow God. God is calling us to a, a level of excellence, the holiness of the temple. He's saying, this is what I expect your life to be. And it's like, yeah, okay, we repent, we cry, we accept it. But then when it comes time to be faithful, when it comes time to pray, when it comes time to pay the price, when it comes time to, it says, every morning bring one lamb to me. Every morning bring that morning sacrifice. Later in Ezekiel 47, it says, bring that morning sacrifice, or 48, bring that, bring that morning sacrifice. Maintain it every day. Maintain that character. Maintain that momentum. Maintain that fire in your life. And if we don't, then we start justifying, we start fading away, we start going our own direction, and, and we read Jonah, right? Crazy story of Jonah today. I mean, do you guys like that story? It's a pretty amazing story. I mean, I'm loving the Bible these days. It's, it's pretty sick. Okay, so I'm going to run down the version that I remembered from reading Jonah. So Jonah gets in the boat, pays the price, saying, hey, I'm running away from God. These guys are like, cool, get on the boat. Get on the boat. Storm happens. They're freaking out. They start praying to all their gods, throw out all the cargo. And they go, hey, there's this guy, Jonah, is sleeping downstairs. The captain wakes him up and says, Jonah, what are you sleeping for? You have a God. Pray to your God. Maybe your God works. He goes, okay. You're, I'm the reason why the storm's happening. They're like, what do you mean? Would you, let's cast lots. Oh, yep, it's Jonah. Jonah, what do we do? 
He goes, throw me overboard. They're like, are you crazy? We can't throw you overboard. Let's row to shore. They start rowing to shore. The storm gets bigger. They're like, oh, my goodness. This is, okay, Jonah, we're going to do this, but uh, your God definitely is real because he's got more mad because we started rowing, right? And, and uh, we don't want to make him more mad, so we, we're not making a mistake. We want to, you know, live and stuff. So, God, please forgive us for throwing Jonah overboard, right? Storm stops. Oh, man. And then they give a sacrifice to God going, okay, the one true God, we found him, right? But, you know, God will use your life even if you're not faithful. But he, he, he is in control, and he will use your life. Even in your rebellion, he will use your life to, to preach the truth. And uh, when he gets to Nineveh, he doesn't care about the people. Remember? He, he, doesn't, he just cares about himself. He just cares about his own status, his own position. His own, he doesn't want to go to Nineveh because he doesn't want to get dirty with all the, the, you know, being around all the heathens. He wants to stay where it's, it's comfortable and cool. And, and, uh, but in this story, we, we realize, man, this, he, he, as a Christian, he's losing sight of God's heart. He's losing sight of, of, of what his purpose is. And his attitude is bitter in the end. His attitude is, man, my life sucks. And I don't know, like, uh, uh, if he was reading <laughs> the Torah, if he was reading how powerful God was, and he was reading how incredible it was, that anointing that would have been on him, he would have took hearted with that. He would have full-heartedly done that. He would have full-heartedly accomplished his purpose and his goal. And his, I think his, Jonah, the book of Jonah would be even more awesome to read today. So, We have uh, this word in uh, Mark 13.35. And it talks about the end times. And it talks about uh, false prophets and how things are going to get crazier and crazier and crazier. Is, uh, Igor, can you fix Mike? It's, it's uh, starting to freak out over here you could probably turn off uh, turn off the drums it says Mark 13 35-37 it says stay here and keep watch watch therefore for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening at midnight at the crowing of the crowing of the rooster or in the morning least coming uh, least or coming suddenly he finds you sleeping and what I say to you I say to all watch Um, I butchered that but Jesus is telling the people at that moment he's saying in those times you got to stay awake in those times it's up to you to stay awake it's up to you to wake yourself up I've given you everything I've I'm going to accomplish the victory. I'm going to bring the, the mercy and the grace. I'm going to pour out my blood for you. I'm going to uh, give you all the instructions of the temple. You're, you're going to get a revelation of my holiness. But it's up to you to, to make it through all the false teachings. It's up to you to, to study your word. It's up to you to, to keep yourself excited about God's kingdom. It's up to you, Alex. It's up to you, Josh. It's up to you to, to, to sustain that victory. It's up to you to, to, to open up your sins and go, God, man, I need help. 
this stuff, this junk, one day is going to be uh, opened up to, to you. And if I don't deal with it, if I don't get it out of my life, if I don't see victory over it, man, I'm, I, I'm lost. It's up to us to wrestle with God in the morning. It's up to us to, 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 to hate our flesh. It's up to us to, to lose trust in our own self and, and, and go, you know what? God is not logical, but he's the only trustworthy thing in this world. I can't trust myself, but I can trust God. And uh, that's what he says, watch. He says, watch. And I mean, I was looking at those kids and I was like, man, I remember being that young. I remember being Ben's age and going, man, this thing is boring. When do I get out? Right? And it's like, it's like uh, watching the musical orchestra, I realized this. I realized in, when I was a kid, I thought, you know, classical music was so boring, right? Now I'm finally actually enjoying it. Like I'm enjoying this stuff, right? By the, but by the time I can finally enjoy it, I have all these kids that are distracting me. And I'm like, man, why couldn't I do it when I was a kid? You know, like I actually like classical music, you know? And it's like, it's like, it's how it works in life, you know? As soon as you finally can, 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 uh, can enjoy it, as you, you can. <laughs> and uh, so what I'm saying is keep watch. Know that in this period, in this time, God is going to put you through trials. God is testing you. God is putting you through uh, something, right? I'm pretty sure if I ask you, if you're going through something, if you have challenges in your life, you'd say yes. And that's healthy. That's good. But you've got to be faithful. You've got to stay faithful. You've got to stay faithful. You've got to keep trusting God. You've got to lean on God. And, uh, There's trials that, that God knows you're not yet going to pass. And he says that he won't, he won't put a, something over you that you can't pass. He says he'll protect you. And if, he, if there is a trial, you know, let's say you ended up in Saudi Arabia and you're going to get your head cut off, trust me, he, you're going to have to have a character for that. You're going to have to be ready for that. You're going to mentally prepare for that. God, God will help you. God will give you the grace and the mercy for that. Or if it comes to America, you've got to be ready for that. And so my question tonight is, who's running your temple? Are you letting foreigners, are you letting this world run your temple? Are you, are you getting sidetracked? Are you getting bogged down with work? Are you getting bogged down with, with your ambitions, your pride, your vision? Or are you totally going the opposite direction? You keep hearing the truth, keep hearing the truth, but you're going, you know what? I'm going this place. I'm heading this place. I, I got a good company of friends, and I'm going this place. And, and, uh, and you know what? I... That's great that God has a vision and purpose for my life, but I can't swallow it. I can't accept it. I talked to a person today. Uh, <clears throat> he's a Christian guy. And uh, uh, I came to his house and, uh, to pick up a check uh, for some work I did a while back. And he was drinking a beer. And I was shocked. I, uh, and he was shocked that, that I saw him drinking a beer. So today, when I met him, <laughs> I told him right away, I said, that's messed up. Uh, uh, he goes, this is Belgian beer. This is the best beer. I only drink one every once in a while. And I'm like, well, if I drink one every once in a while, I would lose God's calling in my life. I'd lose, I would lose my purpose, my, my focus. Uh, uh, I would lose my relationship with Christ. And I, I left him on those terms. And today I met up with him because we had to go look at a job. And, uh, and he's open the thing it's up look man I just wanted to explain myself about the beer blah 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 blah, this and this and that and then I unleashed on him I said man there's I'll give you five or six scriptures that talk about being sober being alert being pure 
uh, don't touch it. Uh, look at Proverbs. Look at uh, uh, look at uh, the the brothers with the father who instructed them not to touch it. Look at look at even Jesus and the wine that Jesus made. How do you know what kind of alcohol content that had? Right? You just need a couple of alcohol content for it to to not ferment or for it not to go bad. Right? But that doesn't mean that he made alcohol. It doesn't mean he, he gives a green light to drink, right? In Ezekiel, we just read, uh, if you're going to be a priest, you've got to stay sober. And over and over and over and over and over, right? And you're saying you're a Christian. You're saying you're actually a leader in your church, and you're drinking alcohol. This doesn't make any sense to me. Actually, you know what? I, I think that when a person starts drinking alcohol, that's one, a clear indication that he's become lukewarm. That he's definitely walked away from God's calling. And because he needs alcohol to, to feel better... There's so many things in life that actually feel awesome without alcohol. Why do you need alcohol? And then you have to spend an hour trying to justify it to me. Why are you trying to explain it to me? You offered me alcohol. I'm a servant of God. You justify it in your life, and your number one ambition is to get me to drink alcohol? You have a screw loose in your head, man. And he goes, you're pretty passionate about this thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, I'm pretty passionate about tattoos. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I would never put a tattoo on my body. There's only one passage in the Bible that says don't tattoo, but I know for sure. It, and I'm like, man, how do you miss alcohol and you get tattoos? <laughs> but I know God's working on his heart because what I told him I know he's turning in his bed right now. I know he's, he's evaluating his life. And I told him this project, that, this project that, that if we get it, that the number one fear of my life is to lose sight of God because of this project. Because it's a big project. It's an amazing, mind-blowing project. And I said, I would, I, when we meet on Monday, and we meet with all the, 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 the heads of the thing, if I see that I'm going to lose sight of my fellowship with God and my hour of time with God, if I can't have that, if I can't, if I can't glorify my maker, if I can't go to school clubs, if I can't make it to Friday youth, if I have to work on a Sunday, I'm definitely not touching this project. If I can't go to the next mission trip, there's no point in this project. What's the point? And I told him that, and he's like, you're right, you're right, you're right. But he's a guy who's been working every Sunday. He's a guy that has a casino and he's doing this and he's doing this and he's, he's, he's so head over heels of, of where his life is. And, and I remember him. He was the guy who was pulling me out and saying, I need to come to church. He's the guy that's telling me, hey, you need to wake up. Hey, you need Jesus, right? And I told him, the biggest fear that I think I have in my heart is to make it as a Christian celebrity, you know, to, to be one of those amazing Christians. You know, you always have the right answer, and, and you're, you're cool, and you're stylish, and you have a jet, and money, and bodyguards, and everybody thinks you're awesome because you have primetime TV schedule, right? And, but, but in it all, you miss God's heart. Where's the harvest field? Where's helping people in Africa? Where is uh, uh, going through suffering and sacrifice? Where is all that? And then in the end, uh, being caught with some money scandal or an adultery or end up being gay. I mean, how, how great of a thing is that? And, and he's like, well, what if God wants you to have a jet? Well, if God wants you to have a jet, 
trust me, you, you, you won't get away from it. But I'm pretty sure that, that there's other ways that, that God wants you to get around this planet. And, and it doesn't have to be in a jet. Yeah, like Jesus walked. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, uh, uh, so you can't, you, can't, you can't mix in your, your plan. Sometimes we're so caught up into what, God, what we think God wants us to do that we miss God's heart, His real heart. And the only way you get God's heart is by bowing your knee and praying every morning and saying, God, here's my heart, whatever you want let it be whatever you want let it be whatever you want let it be and I told them about I told them about you know uh, that video that I was talking about where the mom is teaching her kids to die he has two kids and he's like that's ins- that's that's too crazy for me it's too crazy for me and he, he goes if somebody's tried to kill my kids I'd kill them first I have guns I'd kill them first I said you'd lose you'd be a loser if you're a Christian you'd be a loser and he's like it's too crazy for me. I said, well, that's what Christianity is. It's, it's a bit crazy. It's not for everybody. But uh, it's the only thing that works. It's the only victory plan humanity has that works. I, uh, you know, working with the youth, working with, with boys ministry, and, and you, 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 you working with people that are like, hey, you know what? I want my life to change. What do I got to do? You know, I mean, what do I got to do to lose weight? Tell me what I got to do. Okay, it's pretty simple. Don't eat after four. To get away from sugar. This, oh, that makes sense. You come home and you don't do it, right? And you got to be in the mix. You got to be a, accountable to somebody. You got to uh, structure your life to, 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 to get this thing moving. You can't uh, just think you're going to have victory just because you decided tonight at Friday Youth when God's mercy and grace was here and you got a full dose and like, yeah, man, this is awesome. What happens Wednesday, right? Who do you call on Wednesday? What happens Wednesday? By the time Wednesday rolls around and everything kind of fades away and you're left there with your flesh, <clears throat> do you still believe victory is possible? Because it is. I think... Uh, uh, a man and a woman of God, they find themselves sinning less and less and less as they follow God, as they, as they eat up His Word, as they eat up His Spirit, as they process it and they, they cling to it and they, they thrive off of it. That's what we believe in this youth. That's why we always ask the question, how are you every Friday? If you need to repent, you need to come up here. It's you and God. You know, we don't need to, we don't need to always uh, convince you to repent. It's your life. It's your your relationship with God. If you need to repent, you need to come up to the altar. You need a break. You need to ask God because His mercy and His grace is here tonight for you. His victory is real. You can attain it, but in three days you can lose it because you're not keeping the fire. And it's on you. It's not me. If I, out of this youth, if I can find 10 people that are faithful to God and 90 that aren't, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It just means 90 aren't working it. And in your heart, I know you want to be the 10. In your heart, I know you're coming here because you want to see victory, because you want to see changes in your life. Otherwise, what's the point? Right? What's the point of going to a bonfire and not, not catching the warmth and not catching, you know, and, 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 and being cold-faced and not allowing God to touch your life? What's the point? And I, I believe that God is in control. 
and he wants to touch your life today and he wants to change your heart today and he wants to change your focus and your goal so i just ask you guys to 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 rise we're going to pray we're going to spend some time just seeking his face and you know i i like it that it's not just a youth club it's a youth church and the reason why you actually came today is to receive something from god and if I can receive something from God, and if, if others can receive something from God, why can't you? Why can't you stretch yourself? Why can't you push yourself? Why can't you get out of your comfort zone? Why can't you open your mouth and pray? Why? I think everybody in this room should be able to pray. I think everybody in this room should be able to hear themselves audibly pray. I think that's vitally important. Because if, if you can't hear yourself pray, are you really putting in the effort to, to follow God? Are you, really, are, you really, are you really hungry? For me, when I stand in worship, if I just, after a while, if I just sing the song, it feels like I'm, I'm getting nowhere. And after a while, in my heart, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm going through the motions. I'm just going through the motions. I don't want to just sing the song. I want to worship God. I want to connect to God. I want to hear God. I want, to, I, want to, I want my praise to get His attention. And I'll start singing my own song. I mean, we taught that to, to kids at, at a kids' church. Sing your own song. Sing your own song. And I remember when we talked that, and the kids started to sing their own song, and they started to connect to God, and it was like awesome. But then the next time, it's like they forget. And so tonight, let's sing our own song to God. Let's connect with God. Let's wrestle in ourselves. Let's, let's wake ourselves up. Let's, let's get hungry for God. Let's ask God to, to move in this, in this place, to move in our hearts.